This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. All right, 1994 in news. Let's see what happened. That's Nancy Kerrigan was attacked. That was crazy. Wow. What else? Four convicted in a World Trade. Oh, never mind. Um, Bill Clinton was. Oh, no, no oh. not that. OJ Simpson. Oh, no. Um, hey, the Major League Baseball players had a strike. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, they had a good year. Mm-hmm. That was. That was. A very weird year. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Way to set the tone. So things have always been bad. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Welcome to Bacon Cell, where things aren't always bad. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our Disney dating show. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for being involved in whatever that was. Um, <laughs> it worked out, though. It was a last minute show. Yeah. Um, we, we we planned. If you listen to the Bacon bit, you can kind of hear a little more detail on that. Right. And I think it kind of worked. There were uh, multiple positive comments, uh, such as Karen Robinson, who said, how was this ridiculous idea so entertaining? We went to the same thing. They could share their hair ties. Tim Hemingway really kind of nailed it with, I started this episode by telling my son that Bacon still had run out of ideas, (laughs) which happens. (laughs) Happened five seasons ago. Sure. 20 minutes later, he and I were laughing and fighting over the different matches. At one point, I had to pause the episode to pull up Michael McLean's hits to show my son <laughs> what he was missing. All in all, much better episode than I was expecting. I might even give it a second date. Bacon sell. And then just finally, Jessica Terry says, this episode was gold. I don't know how it happened. You know, this just encourages us more, right? Yeah. We're going to do this format more. But we could. We're gonna. We're gonna have to find some eligible people out there. I think yeah. it was, I think it was uh, Valerie who's like, oh, I just pictured Mrs. Potts and Lumiere having awkward like, date. Awkward date. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's what that's what the show was. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you, everyone. Yes, we do appreciate your feedback. But that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We're talking about 1994, Joel. Huh? 1994. Go 1994. It's very specific. We're talking about music. Even more specific. Because we just want to look back and say, hey, what happened 30 years ago? And I think that, you know, there's a lot that happened in the early 90s musically. Yes. And I think it kind of culminated in 94. So do you feel like we're pandering to our audience of young Gen Xers, older millennials at this point? Yeah. Because sure. I, I do think the early 90s just had better music than we have today. And maybe this is my grumpy old man. Oh, it is get off my lawn sort yeah, of thing it is i don't think popular music is good anymore oh i disagree really totally we will look back in 20 years back on like even this year and be like wow that was a good year like, some I, bangers i heard that song on a tiktok yeah i don't think it's okay lastable. like like maybe when we do our 20 years back show and we look at 2004 yeah that's gonna be rough but we could do a 2014 show already and it would be like oh yeah that was some good stuff are you sure yes well, and I'm not time sh- filters out the garbage. No, but here's the thing. I, I've said this before on Bacon Cell. I'll say it again. We've kind of stopped having shared experiences in pop culture. Yeah. Where we're all watching True. the same thing on TV. We're all watching the same movies. We're all wa- listening to the same music because that was what was on the radio. Yeah. Whereas now people listen to whatever they want, whenever they want, however ba- they want. Back then is like if you're watching MTV, you, it would be the same music videos because that's what was new at the time. Yes. If you're watching the box, same thing. Yeah. Now it's like you can watch whatever you want on YouTube. It doesn't really matter. Like you said, it's not shared anymore. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's as pop cultural. We'll find out. Yeah. But 94, for some reason, songs that are 30 years old. And that's kind of where the crux of this is, is conversations where you're like, can you believe this is 30 years old? And songs that are turning 30 this year. So we're going to age that year a bit. We're going to age you a little bit. You know who we're not going to age? Zach. Uh, What? He's going to feel a little old. How old were you in 1994? 
For about half of it, I was three, and then the rest of it, I was four. You were three and a half. <laughs> so a lot of Zach's picks are going to be the Wiggles. Yeah. And because uh, that was his jam back in the day. Mm-hmm. Were the Wiggles around in the early 90s? I, I think so. I know Rafi was. We'll, we'll find out. Oh, boy. What? Straight but, up gunfire? But quick. <laughs> Quickly, I just want to talk about a couple things real quick. To set the tone of yeah. 1994, similar to what Zach did with pop with uh, news and history, but I want to do it with music. First of all, bands that disbanded. In 1994. These are the bands that broke up. Okay. In 1994. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oh, okay. New Kids on the Block. <gasps> Pink Floyd. Hmm. White Snake. And Nirvana. Well, all disbanded in 1994. I mean... It disbanded in 1994. Yeah. And then band... Here's the one that kind of blew my mind, though. Bands that formed in 1994. They may not have had hits back then, but these are the bands that formed in 1994. Okay, let's hear it. For example, the Aquabats. Bowling for Soup. Disturbed. Foo Fighters, Fuji's, Goldfinger, Hoobastank, Kent, uh, Hoobastank, Hoobastank, Limp Biscuit, Maroon Five, Muse, Ramstein, Smash Mouth, Snow Patrol, Spice Girls, System of a Down, Tenacious D, The Vines, and Voicemail. The voicemail? <laughs> I had to put that on Stop there. Stop it. <laughs> uh, at the Grammys, the album of the year for 1994, not the ones that were held in 94, but the ones that kind of looked back at 1994. Yeah. The album of the year was MTV Unplugged by Tony Bennett. What? That was not the MTV Unplugged I expected. And then the best new artist of 1994, Sheryl Crow. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And the Billboard Hot 100 number one song of 1994 was The Sign by Ace of Bass, hmm. which was released in November of 1993. Now, let's talk about the rules of this particular show, because when we talked about, hey, 1994, let's look at the Billboard Hot 100 at the end of the year list. And we're like, great, this sign was the number one song. That is so 1994. so much Ace of Bass on there. And we're like, cool, let's make all these categories. Oh, that's a great love song. Oh, great R&B song. Wait a minute. All of those songs came out in 1993. And, and we spread, drew the hard line. And then like the singles or or something came out or were, were big or charted in 1994. Mm-hmm. So what's our hard line? The hard line is they had to be released before... Calendar year. Like January 1st, 1994. Singles or albums. Yes. Which there is a little leeway there. If an album came out before 1994, but then the singles released in 94, we, we allowed a little I there. I cheated twice. Oh. Just straight up like that. After, yeah. we, you're just after Kent and I have stressed out about it so much. Hey, he's hurt. He's hurt. I cheated twice. How dare you? Are you going to tell us when you cheat? I mean, uh, te- mm, technicalities. Oh, well, okay. Massaged but it was funny how we've all been kind of commiserating with each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was a little more vocal, but I was having some severe pain. Yeah. As I was like, I, there's so many songs. So many songs. This is such a seminal year for me musically where I feel like I kind of came into my own in so many different ways. Sure. And, and you know. And I kept stressing about it to you guys. Like, you guys, I have too many choices. I can't just pick 10. Yeah. I can't just pick 10. Because it's funny because here on Bacon Cell, we kill our darlings and we hate it. We only have 10 categories here and it, it hurts. But we're pretty limited here. But we are making a playlist. So you'll be able to find that on our social media channels. Yes. Look for our Spotify playlist. Uh, we'll post on our social media channels, but also just find us on Spotify. If you want to feel a little nostalgic. Yeah. A little nostalgic for 1994. Okay. So we have 10 categories. Zach, what's our first one? Our first category is... Hits like 1994. Which, once again, it's the sign. But if we ever it's do a 1993 sign. show, this whole show is brought to you by the sign. Yes, the sign. Probably. But this is the song that kind of just sets the tone of what music for us was like in 1994. Was this the biggest struggle of your pick? Oh, yes. I have the uh-huh. most honorable mentions for this one. Uh huh. Probably by far. You're the most honorable mention. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Do you want him to go last? You know what? You have so many honorable mentions. Can't go first. Oh, I didn't want to go first. Yeah. How dare you? Disclaimer. 
I know this is probably not the song of 1994 because there are songs that I chose for other categories. Yes, that is the rule. If we pick it for one category, we are not allowed to choose it for another category. Right. But this is the song I chose. I chose the Cranberries, Zombie. Okay. Did that come out? It came yeah. out in 1994, and it was released on the album No Need to Argue. Because they had their big hits in 93 with uh, Linger. Linger. And, Linger was 93. Uh, Dreams. I love Dreams. Okay. This album came out in 94. Zombie. It charted really big in 95. And that's going to be the case for a lot of these, and I'm sorry, but technically, within the bounds, I have not cheated. And Zombie, to me, is because... I wonder what it's like to date you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't ask. Because I was more of an alternative fan, and I think that's probably everyone here at the table, this, to me, was music for me at the time. I was listening to Q99.5. Q99. And, and Zombie was the song. Now, I do think Zombie kind of has a timeless quality, maybe is held up more than most songs of this era. Mm-hmm. But I remember when it hit the scene, I was like, this song's kind of changed everything. I've, mm-hmm. I heard Linger before, mm-hmm. but it was kind of sappy. I didn't really care for it. Zombie hits with a punch. This song, it didn't really at the time hit. I actually don't think Zombie hit the Hot 100 at all. A lot of alternative songs didn't. It did hit number one on the alt airplay chart, but the album itself with this and Ode to My Family sold 17 million copies. Yeah. So this was a huge thing. And I do think for this era of kind of like the angry, not quite grunge alternative, it kind of stood on its own, mm-hmm. but it does signify 1994 and takes me right back well, there. It's a time issue. Dolores Riordan, I don't know how to say it, or yeah. Riordan. Oh, you did uh, the Zach Cranberries. Uh, her voice is so, like, it takes me back whenever I oh, hear totally. it to that early 90s era. It belongs there. Yeah. Zach, what do you got? There was really only one thing that came to mind when I thought, okay, we're talking about the early 90s, Mm -hmm. and I had to find something that would work. And this is somewhat technicality, but it it, it fits. So good. This is Nirvana, specifically the man who sold the world from the MTV Unplugged performance. Um, the they essentially Nirvana goes on MTV November eighteenth nineteen ninety three. They throw out this this wonderful performance that kind of was like oh man this is like grunge is here mm-hmm. and it's only I mean Kurt Cobain was gone by April yeah of ninety four months later right so it's just just a couple months later they compiled that recording and released it November first nineteen ninety four nearly seven months following the death of Kurt Cobain it's MTV unplugged in New York. And what's so cool about this album, this is my second album that I ever bought, and probably yeah. my most listened to album of the 90s, is that, I, and maybe this is true for Unplugged albums, but there were, I think, eight of the 13 songs yeah. were covers. No, yeah. it's actually not pretty common for that type of thing. Okay. Nirvana kind of went off, uh, did their own thing. Which yeah. I love. Yeah. Because it had so much style yeah, to it. MTV had this whole series of Unplugged albums where they bring an artist and they just play acoustic. Yeah. I actually thought they wrote The Man Who Sold the World. I, I did not know. For years and years and years, I did not know that was a David Bowie cover. Yeah. Um, I he, also, says, he says that after the actually, yeah. after he's done singing, he's like, that was a David Bowie song. Yep. Yeah. And, and a lot of people didn't know, obviously. And uh, I mean, I could have also picked About a Girl. That's the other big one from that album. Right. Um, but it, it debuted at number one on Billboard 200 and sold over 300,000 copies, the highest fir- first week sales of Nirvana's career. Wow. I mean, obviously, it was bolstered by... The passing of Kurt Cobain sure. was released, you know, seven months after mm-hmm. he'd passed. But I just, I, I think that's such a, it, it's such an, uh, an interesting time capsule to actually watch MTV Unplugged and see 
you know, he's there with this acoustic guitar and mm-hmm. his sweater and mm-hmm. Dave Grohl's got his hair pulled back and he's wearing a, a turtleneck. And yeah. you're like, that's what the bass player of Nirvana looks like. Mm-hmm. It, but it's something that's worth watching. But every time, you know, some some of these songs pop up on like a, an alternative uh, music playlist. Um, they're welcome. Yeah. And not obviously skippable. Nirvana's, Nirvana's a legend. And so you kind of have to talk about it when you're talking about the early 90s. But specifically, Man Who Sold the World. Like, so good. It's a better cover than the original. I've, yeah. I've heard both. Uh, where uh, did you sleep since. last night? It's probably my favorite on that album. It's very I good. I thought you were asking yeah. Zach a question. Yeah. So Zach, where? Yeah, did I, you? I, I never really know. But I, I want to be very clear. I'm picking the entire album for this. Oh, you are? <laughs> yeah. I'm picking the entire album. I'm not putting it on the playlist, Mr. Sufjan Stevens on the Christmas playlist. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm not putting it on the whole sorry. thing. I'm sorry. Sufjan dominance is, is terrible. Yeah. No. We're He's getting, not coming up with this show. No. But uh, the, I'll put this song on the playlist because I think it encapsulates what kind of went on with that. But specifically, the entire album is fascinating. It's so good. Joel? Yeah. Kent, you went with a, with a soulful one. Uh, Zach, you went with a soulful one. Dirty one. The the nineties to me weren't really soulful and and this is one that definitely every time I hear it, I am thrown back to a time of pseudo punk. Do you have the time okay. to listen now, to Now this me is wine. Basket Case by I Green Day. And this Dookie, the album Dookie came out December uh, February first, nineteen ninety-four. And they hit the ground running in my yeah, opinion. They did. Because they gave a lot of junior high kids the chance to be like, Yeah, we can learn three chords. We can do this. And it was the right kind of aggression. Yes. It's like I'm not quite punk rock, but I wanna be. Yes. But this song, Basket Case, spent five weeks at the top of the US Billboard Alternative Songs. Okay. And it even got a Grammy Award nomination. Whenever I hear this, this is like the Green Day song to me. And I think most people, it's, it's their signature song. Yeah. Because it kicked off their, I don't want to say rain, but their kind of like their, their popularity. Mm-hmm. Now, um, as of February 2024, Basket Case is the most streamed song by the band uh, with 987 million streams. Wow. And it actually does. Uh, the, the chord progression closely mirrors Pachelbel's Canon in D. A little fun <laughs> fact there. Who knew? We had yeah. to go Green Day. And I know a lot of people. Is it still enjoyable to you right now? Yes. Okay. Because it does take me back. And I'm unapologetically, I am a fan of Green Day. However, uh-huh. this was definitely also kind of felt like 1984 because this is also like my friends have this album. Yeah. I didn't. And oh, if you did, your mom would have thrown it away. When I borrowed it, I was like, ooh, there's a lot of songs in here I shouldn't be listening my to. My mom listened to the secret song and threw it away. Yeah. So there's a lot of, there's some songs on, on Dookie I don't really care for. In fact, I don't even care for the name Dookie. I think it's so childish. Yeah. But there's songs on there that will always make me smile and will always make me tack my toe and I will always enjoy and think of 1994. Okay, that's good. So Joel, I know you have what? How many honorable mentions here? So many. You're not going to play them, right? You're just going to kind of No, 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 them. just real quick. I, you I'm, do realize that these other songs may be on our they list. They may be on. That's why I'm not going to get to it. But I, I, okay. I could have picked uh, Interstate Love Song or Vaseline by Stone, Stone, Stone Temple awesome. Pilots. I could have picked Undone, The Sweater Song, or Only in Dreams by Weezer, Self-Esteem, or Come Out and Play by Offspring, Spoon Manor, Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Oh, Black Spin Hole Black Sun Circle. was almost my song. Spin the Black Circle or Better Man by Pearl Jam, Lightning Crashes or All Over You by Live. <sighs> there were so many songs. Like, Live was neck and neck. With It almost knocked this out. Joel, Joel, please populate the playlist with all of those songs. <laughs> I can't. We just want alternative. No, nope. I, I said what I said. There was two for each one, but uh, yeah, I'll. I may put one or two on there. Honorable mention. Okay. They'll be at the end after we've got okay. our official picks if, on there. If we don't, the, mm, those are some good songs. Yeah, right. Oh. There's also lots of songs in there. I'm like, oh dang, I should have picked that one for mm-hmm. something. Well, well there's some. Oh, I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't skip it. Whatever, quickly. But there's so many songs. You're good. We'll, we'll have we'll have plenty. 
All right, I am next. We're gonna go with best love song. Hold on, let me pull up my clip here. Um, oh, shoot. Oh. oh no. Um, sorry, sorry. That was actually what I was listening to in 1994. Well, let's go with my actual pick. That's a scary song. Skinnamarink, getting, getting, skinnamarink, getting. That was my least favorite movie of last year too. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's such a cute song. That came out in 1994. Wow. All right, no, my actual pick, obviously, for a love song. Just feel it for a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Podcasters can listen to Endless Love in the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so it. much power there. Oh, my love. You know what there is? There's a bunch of random vocal noodling. Yeah. That's my band's name in college. Yeah, what kind of music did you guys play? Uh, random vocal noodling. Okay, actually, that makes total sense. So, Zach, no, you're 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 lip syncing right now, but you need to tell us a little bit about this song. I don't want. I just do you like this version? I just I like. Or do you this prefer version. the so, uh, Diana Ross and Lionel Richie? Yeah, version. Endless Love, uh, originally released by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie, June 26, nineteen eighty one. Right? Yes. It's a big big deal, big song. You see it in Happy Gilmore. So yeah. it's all great. But the Luther Vandross Mariah Carey version, which is mm-hmm. August 26, nineteen ninety four. I think this version is fantastic because it's really uh, good. What I wrote here was uh, they love each other in this song so much that they're yelling at each other in <laughs> 1990s R&B. They're just so like you just listen to that song and they're like, are they trying to vocally one up each other? Yes. Okay. And it's great. Because it's Luther Andros and Mariah Carey. Like yeah. this is, it was considered the first, you know, high profile duet um, in Mariah Carey's career. She'd done a couple other smaller ones, but nothing quite like Luther Vandross. Uh, 94 was her year, by the way. Oh, oh she had a yeah. great 94 uh, year. Music Box yeah. came out this mm-hmm. year, I believe. Or maybe it was late 90s. Maybe that was one of the late 93s. But uh, yeah, I mean, Mariah Carey is obviously like burst onto the scene. She's a big deal. It debuted at number 31. Um, on, on Billboard Hot 100. It peaked at number two, and it became Luther Vandross's highest charting pop hit ever. Really? And then it be- gave Lionel Richie his first top 10 single as a songwriter in like ten, wow. t- seven years at that point. Again, Luther Vandross is is great, but I don't think he has like a lot of uh, mainstream commercial success. Right. No, he's, he's no name. Obviously, Mariah Carey does, but mm-hmm. I think this version is, I mean, it's a it's a great song, okay? I, I'm, I'm tired of admitting it's not. I like Endless Love. But that one is just like I, I smile and laugh at it because it's so 90s to me. Yeah. The way that they're just they're doing all their vocal runs and things. I find it hilarious. And it, see, I'm constantly pulled back to the 80s with that one just because of the older one. And yeah. they sound similar. Well, the, I think I think yeah. Mariah Carey's is much more um, uh, not polished, but there's definitely kind of a uh, it's like that filter in 70s movies on the 81 version. Sure. Where it's like a little fuzzy. Little, sure. little older sounding. Yeah, this one's a little. It's crisp. It's. I think you could argue. There's more random vocal noodling. You, you could argue pretty easily that both singers in the in the '90s version are more talented, not necessarily mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. but you know, vo- like just technically okay. Okay. talented. Um, Save it for our Diana Ross versus Mariah Carey episode. I, I I I really like the original version. I've got no problem with it. Yeah. But uh, this one I like, and I think it's kind of funny. Oh, also, real quick, just going to jump in. I wonder, I gotta wonder, how many people who got married in 1994 and 1995 have that as their wedding oh, song? Oh, I'm sure. A lot. Uh, I think there are some other songs that probably oh, would have competed. Oh, there are, but there's a also, lot. Also, Luther Vandross, Beauty and the Beast? What? Did he sing in Beauty and the Beast with Celine Dion? Bl- oh, on the... There's no way of knowing. On the soundtrack? Yeah, the, like, the actual... Because when you're saying like the powerful yelling at each other, that's the vibes I get from the Beauty and the Beast yeah. love song. Yeah, you're, you're yelling at each other in 90s R&B. And I, f- <laughs> I think that's so good. 
<laughs> yeah, that was the thing in the 90s, wasn't it? It really was. <laughs> so powerful. So for me, I'm going to give my honorable mentions first this time. Okay. Because there was a little battle going on here in my mind. Because one of the songs I was really leaning towards speaking of Mariah Carey was Without You by Mariah Carey. Sure, oh, yeah. I can't do the vocals right now. But that when she's like, I can't live if living was without you. Oh, so good. I can't live. And she keeps going higher and higher. And I'm like, wow, she's so good. And then I also could have picked I Swear by All For One, mm-hmm. which was another one where I went, oh, man, that's like iconic. Oh, yeah. 94. That is the wedding line song right there. That is amazing. Yeah. And so I was like, I was debating, like, which am I going to pick? Which am I going to pick? And then I saw a song on a, on a list of 94 love songs, and it went, that's absolutely the winner. And it's an unconventional one. Okay. But I'm going to pick it anyway, because I'm picking this. I don't want this. What? This is about mouthwash. <laughs> it's romantic. If you this is it. what about the Bamboo Wise guys? Do you love so much? I love the Bamboo Wise guys. No, this is Glycerin by Bush. Glycerin or Glycerine? Glycerine. Glycerine. Now it's a love song. I know. Oh, yeah, it's a more of a love, lost love song. Okay, I'm into that. Like it must be your skin. I'm sinking in. It must be for real because now I can feel. And I didn't mind. It's not my kind. Not my time to wonder. Joel, why. put your shirt back on. <laughs> I'm not Gavin Rosdale, but Gavin Rosdale wrote this about his then girlfriend, uh, Suze DeMarchi. And he felt, he said when he felt, when he wrote it, he felt this mystical element kind of guiding him through it. And I think this song kind of proves, like there's, there's two kinds of people out there. There's music people and lyrics people. Yeah. Music over here. I'm a music person. Yeah. Music, music first, music. lyrics second. Mm-hmm. And so this one has just the sound to it. And it really, like first time I listened to 16 Stone, this this song came out, by the way, and 16 Stone came out in six, uh, December 1994, right on the cusp of 1995. Yeah. And this song became what me and my buddies called a sacred song, which was a song that we dedicate to girls that we liked <laughs> and never tell them. <laughs> it would just be their song. And we'd never tell them. And the lyrics are weird, but I love the music. I love it so much. I learned to play this one on the guitar. I don't play the guitar, but I learned to play this Can song on the guitar. Can you still play it? Oh, I doubt it. It's been a long time. But I remember being downstairs on the electric guitar, the little amp. I will play The Man Who Sold the World if you play this one. We can do it on oh, Patreon. On Pick It, Sell, Unplugged. Absolutely. <laughs> Look forward to that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, an un- it's an unconventional pick, but I really do enjoy Glycerin by Bush. And it is like one of my favorite love songs, even though it's kind of a lost love thing. I'm so glad you were able to work in Glycerin. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that it's there. Strange, strange choice for the category, but yeah, I like but, it. But, but, it's but it really was when I saw great choice on the like, playlist. That's it. That's so it. because I am not a lyrics person, I read these lyrics for the first time today and I said, what? It doesn't say that. I've been singing along. I haven't been saying those words. And it's this song. This is the best love song of 1994. And this is the year of Boys to Men's Return. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. And the, re- the reason... Yeah. Now Kent. Okay, go Wasn't on. Wasn't this part of the Batman Forever soundtrack it in 1995? Sure but before it was, because it was released in July of 1994, I could have sworn this song was late 90s. It was released on the Never Ending Story Part 3 soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. And then a year later, they're like, we're going to use it for Batman Forever because clearly it didn't chart enough. And you could tell with a lot of these singles, they're like, let's save it for a year. And so this one took off in 1995, but was released in 1994. Technicality, I'll accept. Also, it didn't win any Grammys until 1996, so they kind of pushed it back. But it got Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Male Pop Vocal Performance. This song was everywhere. To and me, I know, you're like a rolling dictionary. I mean, really. So, Baby, I Compare You to a Kiss from A Rose on the Gray? 
the, I thought it was grave. The grave. And when they Why talk is he about, in a graveyard in the mo- in the music video then? Yeah, and it, it's like a light hits the gloom on the gray. The whole song is about like this graying structure, like a lighthouse or something like that. And the lyrics to me make no sense, but it's the music behind it that is very pretty. And comparing this to like Boys to Men, mm-hmm. they are far more romantic in their lyrics. Right. Like they are in your face about it. And we're going to probably talk about that a little bit later. But Seal came out of nowhere for me. And I know he had an album previous to this, but really... Kind of won everyone over almost immediately with this song in 1995, but still was released in 1994. It works. It works. All right. Next up, we have our best R&B song. You said their name, Ken, so they appeared. There it is. That's the way we listen for the... It's my favorite little sound effects here. (laughs) (laughs) That was cool. So this is On Bended Knee by Boys to Men, which came out August 30th, 1994 on their album, Two. Just, it's Just like two. Yep. I, I. Roman numerals. This song reached number one on the US Billboard Hot 100 airplay chart and number two on the Billboard Hot Singles chart. Uh, and it stayed at number one for a total of six non-consecutive weeks. In fact, the wow. single is notable for having replaced their previous song, I'll Make Love to You. Mm-hmm. This song jockeyed that one out. And it's the first time that an act had replaced itself on number one since the Beatles. Back when the, I, I Want to Hold Your Hand, She Loves You, and Can't Buy Me Love were competing for the top of what the What a chart. hard year for boys to men. Yeah. ABC, BVDs. Now, I really like the old, like the, it was that 89 or 90, the Motown Philly era yeah. of boys to men. But when they came back with this song, with Unbended Knee, which is a little less saucy than I'll Make Love to You, which I changed the lyrics to, I'll Make Lunch with You. Yeah. I'm surprised you're even saying the title right now. Uh, well, it means different things to different people. Shall we say that? <laughs> Uh, but on bended knee is one of those he did he's asking for an apology mm-hmm. and it's that lyrics of can we go back to the days our love was strong can you tell me how a perfect love goes wrong can somebody tell me how how to get things back the way they used to be give me a reason i'm down on bended we knee what did i say <laughs> we bended lost, <laughs> i looked away from my notes it was so sweet for a minute i looked away from my notes and just lost the lyrics but this is such a fun song to listen to in that mm-hmm. R&B mentality because you get the the wonderful harmonies of Boyz II Men. Oh, yeah. And then I love it how every single time that you guys come in, baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please forgive me for all the wrong I've done. <laughs> it's, it's not even a bass singer. It's a bass speaker. Yeah. And yeah. he comes in on almost every song and I'm like, cool, there's your part. I'm always going to be there for you, baby. Just won't come back to me, will you? Please come back to me. <laughs> anyway. That's that's my choice is on Bended Knee, which I think is a wonderfully romantic song. Could have picked it for the last one, but I picked it for best R&B. Okay, so you chose a definite R&B song. I went hip hop on this one. And you see something in the in the 90s. I think music after this, like after 1994, is mostly the Billboard charts are mostly R&B songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, even yeah. now, especially to this day. Right. But I, well, there was two paths. Basically, yeah. as a teen, you could choose a path. You'd go on the R&B hip hop path or you go on the alternative rock path. Which obviously this is where we all went. Yeah. But that's why we needed to include quite a few categories because it was so dominant at the time. But I went with this hip-hop song. Regulators. Regulators. He said best R&B. We regulate any stealing of his property. We're dang good, too. (laughs) We're dang good, too. So, Joel, uh, I'm going to find a clean version for the playlist. Good luck. Uh, no, there there are, because the nice thing about this time is these were such radio songs mm-hmm. that they cut so much out of it, because one thing about this era in music, you probably shouldn't know the lyrics. You probably shouldn't sing along to some of these songs, especially if it's salt and pepper. Like, so regulate, 
by Warren G and Nate Dogg. Joel, were you saying you didn't like this song just barely? Can I, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this on Big and Sell for before, but I'm a huge fan of Young Guns back in the day. Yeah. And the fact that he ripped off Young Guns for this paltry song no. ticked me Young off. Young Guns and Michael McDonald's, I keep forgetting. Yeah. I keep forgetting. forgetting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. This was released in spring of 1994 on the Above the Rim soundtrack and later that year on Warren G's debut album. This hit number two on the Hot 100. And this song itself, I'm just going to kind of describe what the song's about. And it's maybe of the era, but Warren, Warren G, I call him Warren, he's driving through Long Beach looking for ladies, but he finds a group of men playing dice and he wants to play too. And then they rob him at gunpoint. He thinks he's about to die. Just then, Nate Dog, who's already cruising for ladies too. Nate Dog. By the way, the ladies crash because they're staring at Nate Dog. Happens so they crash time. their car. That's why they don't let Nate Dog walk out in public anymore. <laughs> they can't. So Nate Dog finds Warren and then shoots the dice players and then these two friends. Uh, by the way, Warren G is dying at this point, but the uh, two friends take the ladies elsewhere. Huh. So it's it's a really deep song, but that said, that intro has so much vibe to it. Because it's Young Guns. They took the vibe from Young Guns and they twisted it into something stupid. Mm, I, don't, I think this song has outlasted Young Guns. How dare you, sir? I'm sorry. I know you love Young Guns and you William keep it alive on Bacon Cell. say that? <laughs> but Zach, have you, you've heard Regulate, right? I have heard Regulate many times. Have Do you, you enjoy it? I've I've seen Young Guns when I was a Young Gun. Okay, I don't recall the movie. Yeah, but you recall the song. I recall the song. They just take Not, Charlie's. I don't connect to the movie. Mount take, up. And I will admit we did may have quoted that a couple times, but yeah, it's because we like Charlie from Young Guns. But this Not this is the standout R and B hip hop song for me that I actually enjoy huh. of the era because I don't enjoy many of them. Zach, what about you, guys? There's there's a right answer. Okay, there's a right answer. You're going to put this oh, on the playlist. I can't put it on the playlist. I can't put it on the playlist. Joel will not let me put that on the playlist. But that, for the record, is the right answer. But for playlist's sake, we're going to go. We're going to go. Can, we can, if people can change the lyrics, to I'll make lunch with you. We're going to go with the song that Dave Sholins from the Gavin Report said, those contemplating matrimony will no doubt have played this while walking down the aisle. Oh, and no. those who have already tied the knot might want to renew their vows just so they can make it part of their ceremony. You play Endless Love again? You know. Hey! Wait, you just played the same song. Just yeah, barely. Basically. I'll make lunch with you and then I swear. Same basically. song. But this one, Joel, will let me put on the playlist. <laughs> Are you sure? Because maybe there's a deep voice somewhere in there. Oh, oh baby. You know what I'm going to do. Hello. <laughs> this song was released April 22nd, 1994. It is a cover of a John Michael Montgomery song released in 1993. Who's a country singer. Who's a country singer. And People I, say we never talk about country. I, we just did. I didn't know. Yeah, we're not talking about country on this playlist. Sorry, guys. Right. But were a couple songs I could have picked. Yeah. But uh, I did not know this was a cover. I mean, it, right. cover is, is a loose term. Like, like, it was a year later cover. Yeah, though, so it, not a big it, deal. Those, it's like, hey, we're going to try this with a different. Sure. You know, it's just a producer trying it with another artist. Um, although the original version does. I mean, it's a country song. It, yeah, it mm-hmm. sounds very good. Um, but I, I do see why this one um, hit. Also, I watched so music, good. I watched the music video. Very it's 90s. so cheesy. Also, guys, did you know there's a white guy in All for One? Is he the one? I don't know. <laughs> there is? I, I don't know. It looked like there was. I don't know. It's strange. I like this one. They're all singing on like a rooftop in the music oh, video, right? So many rooftops. And there's there's one girl. They're yeah. all like singing very, to her. It's all sepia tone. And she gets, yeah, it's all so much sepia tone and soap opera lighting. I hate to say and it. And then she gets on a bus. But mm-hmm. every time I hear the song, I think of Ryan Reynolds singing yeah. to a mirror. Uh, because of that uh, just friends is that what yeah, it was? Just yeah, friends. just friends. That for some reason that that 
moment stuck in my brain. And it's permanently attached to this song now. It makes the song better. And hey, All for One won the Grammy Award for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals. Oh, for, such a for their award. version of the song. It's too specific. Like, it's not <laughs> even a fun really award. really specific. <laughs> it's not even a fun award to win no, at that it's point. No, it's not. It's like, you're it's like all these qualifiers you're like, are like, we were the only ones in the category. Yeah, based, based on how long it was, there was one qualifying <laughs> song. Duo or a group with one white guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's our next category? Next up, we have overrated. I'm going first. Kent? Stop! Hate this song. I mean, I get it. I have always hated this song. That's all I can play. I don't want to play any more of that song. I get tired. I get annoyed. I will listen to that song on the way home, and I will cry. I get a little cramp. Single tear. I get crampy listening to that song. It's all bad. Like, it's so redundant. For better or worse. Till death do us part. I love you with every beat of my heart. Thank that, you so much. that thing we're having? It's called fun. <laughs> no, we made Try it. Try it sometime, Ken. We made it more fun because that song is not fun. That song is It fun. is... This, Zach, that song is ironic fun. Bacon still approved that song is fun. Bacon still approved. I, and I think I'm glad I chose it because now we can play Joel's other picks, the alternative picks he mentioned at the beginning of the show. <laughs> it won't take up extra space on the playlist. <laughs> it, but Zach, like you said, they won the Grammy for like uh, four guys who are not boys to men that have one white guy in the band, but still <laughs> sound soulful. Award. <laughs> and the song's released award. in 94, but charted in 96. Charted in Yeah. 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 <laughs> But yeah, hit number one, and the reason I call this overrated, I mean, obviously, we all know this yeah, song. Hit number one. Hit number one, over. and was number one for 11 weeks. Yeah. And at the time, I was listening to everything alternative and trying to find my own music taste, and I could not tolerate this kind of music. And that really defined my dislike for popular music going forward. So I'm sorry I had to do it. Zach, what's the most overrated? I'm offended. Okay. I'm mad. <laughs> no, you're not. But I'm not as mad as you guys are going to be. Oh, no. We're just going to go with this. We'd like to thank you for listening to Bacon Sale. Yeah, um, uh, we're ending the podcast. Hey, Jake, beat on Jake, back. come on back. <laughs> we're gonna let him out. We've of been this, we've been keeping him back there. <laughs> just we did a Weezer Blues uh, episode, Zach. Okay, Zach. <laughs> just because we know he's done this before. This it's an overrated thing because it's been elevated to this cult status. It's fine, guys. It's fine. It is the only album Bacon Cell has done an entire playthrough of. Because it was a short and pointless enough that you could talk over it. <laughs> it was like 32 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I, I like Weezer just fine. Their their debut album turns out to be their best, but this is not as good as as I think it's been okay. elevated. It's the sound of 1984. I think but, it so is I, I'm, I'm going to need to pull overrated. you back, though. Okay, so this was a different era for Joel and I, right? We were sure. teenagers. And earlier, a couple of years before... Zach was still learning what the color blue was. Yeah. I'm not even sure I You were talking point. through a banana phone at yeah, the time. True. Ring, 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 it, ring, ring, yeah. ring. I was also banana phone. Peanut, peanut, peanut butter, Jimmy. and jelly. Yeah. Yeah, and so alternative music was huge at this point, but it was really heavy, grungy stuff. And then all of a sudden, Weezer comes out of nowhere, and you're like... If you want to destroy my sweater, this song's kind of quirky. They're talking for the first sure. 45 seconds of the song, sure. and it just hit different. Mm -hmm. And I think it hit basic white guys uh, and yeah. all for one uh, no, I actually, different. I, I think I, I'll, a quote that I found on YouTube from mm -hmm. at NateDogWilder2137. He's saying regulate part two. <laughs> Summar <laughs> summarized it perfectly when he said, Weezer was uncool before being uncool was cool. <laughs> I don't need to Awful. go into it further. You can listen to Awful the entire pick. episode whenever that and, happened. And I, but it is overrated. Overrated doesn't mean it sucks. I don't think it sucks. Okay. But I think it's fine. Weezer is fine. And this album is 
fine with some pretty good no, songs. No, this is the best of the fine. This isn't fine. This is fine. But also, aren't you guys <laughs> so happy that this is going to be on the playlist, even though you're going to pick it for something else later on? Possibly. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Joel? Mm. <laughs> Should we just continue the tradition of uh, taking Making each, each other, other off? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What? Wow. Hold on. This is the other song I would have picked. I'm yeah. happy about a girl. Unplugged by Nirvana. Uh, unplugged MTV Unplugged in New York. I that's amazing. Yep, don't yep. care for it. Uh-huh. I prefer Plugged in Nirvana. I like the Nevermind sound. So when this came out, everyone's like, "Oh, this is so deep. This is look how unplugged they are." They weren't unplugged. He was using an amplifier. They hit it. They cheated, and they weren't even his. his I mean, of songs. It's if you the list, style of but, music. But specifically, listen to uh, the man who sold the world. I mean, obviously that. Nah, 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 yeah, yeah. Nah, they're using nah, guitar you effects. You don't do that. Uh, but I, I kept hearing people rave about the unplugged sound of Nirvana, and I was like, I, I prefer plugged in. I prefer the loud fuzz guitar of Nirvana. Now, once again, to Zach's credit, what he said. This doesn't mean I hate the album. Doesn't mean it's a bad no, song. No, either. it doesn't mean. But like, but it, to be elevated to the legendary status that it is. And truth be told, it's probably because of Kurt Cobain. Yep. Yeah, I, I get believe, it. I no. believe his his no, this, de- his hey, tragic death. I'm sorry, I disagree made this, completely. Made this into like iconic. Oh, status. I think their music is so fuzzy, and people were waiting for like kind of a different sound from them. This was that different sound. This was a different Nirvana. But you got to admit the posthumousness. Really well, sure. supported it. Yes, sure. But I think it's it's put into legendary status, like you know, because because of his death, and they were this they, they put this uh, the, the special on repeat for months after he yeah. passed away, and then they released this album seven months after he he died, and I think that's really what made it turn into this. Oh, this is the final thing we're getting. This is amazing. We need to, we need to elevate it to amazing status. And I'm like, and it is. It's fine. It's unplugged. I, and you guys also know my feelings on live versions versus studio versions. Yeah, you hate them. I prefer studio versions to live versions. So to me, I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's fine. There's there's some good songs in there. Yeah. But if I'm going to listen to a Nirvana song, I'm listening to them plugged in. <sighs> okay. That's fair. Man, we're all rude. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy for the songs that end up on the playlist. Me so too. Maybe we have here. two unplugged songs in there now, Kim. Yeah. So it's pretty sweet. That's pretty good. All right, Zach, what's the next category? We have favorite one hit wonder. This was a struggle. Uh, Zach, you're going first on this one. I am going first. Because I believe that 1993 was a peak year for One Hit Wonders. And like 1996, you like skip 94. There were some that were big in 94, but don't count because there were 93 songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Zach, what do you have? With mine, um, maybe I, I fudged it a little bit. I didn't necessarily go with my favorite, but I did... I did pick a choice that I feel is symbolic of what we're trying to go for. Okay. Now, oh, Zach. Zach, this was, was the one so I was going to pick. This is what I was going to pick. So close. Oh, I know. But she technically is not a one-hit wonder. I don't, I think she is. Because I went, oh, yeah, that's her only song. No, I looked into that. I, li- I looked at I Do, and I went, oh, I totally know that one. And do you, you sleep? Do you breathe? Do you, do, do you eat stuff? No. Do you like peanut no. butter jelly? I look. I listen to the song anymore. That was great. I, <laughs> and I don't think the performance was quite there. I mean, again, we, I I wanted to pick Beck here because apparently, technically, Beck is a one-hit nope. wonder. But mm-hmm. I can't in good conscience in do charting. That. The reason I picked this one is because in two different times in the last two two days. Uh, and with two different people, we should probably say that's that's stay. I miss you, oh, but Lisa stay. Loeb. I miss you, Lisa Loeb. Two different people were like, "Isn't this Alanis Morissette?" What? She hadn't even hit it big yet. 
This one was almost my hits like 1994 because you think 1994, you oh, think, yeah. oh, that dated female. Reality Bites soundtrack. Specifically, yeah, yeah right? this is the lead single from the soundtrack to Reality Bites, yeah. which also fe- featured what would be my honorable mention, which is uh, Baby, I Love Your Way by Big Mountain. Hate it. Ken hates that song. I know he Hate does. It. That's why I didn't pick it. Yep. But uh, after being featured in the film Reality Bites, Stay, I Missed You, Entered the U.S. Uh, Billboard Hot 100. Uh, in It was actually early April 1994. The song climbed the charts and eventually ascended to number one in August of that year. Mm-hmm. So I lo- actually really love this song. I think it's, I, but I just think the, it's, it's the reality bites connection. To well, me. and it, it does have the spirit of one hit wonder. Cause you say Lisa Loeb and you're like, Oh, stay. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I know she has other songs that people may have heard of. I don't think any of them spiritually, are spiritually a good pick. Literally. No, but spiritually. Yes. Uh, a good pick. Yeah, spiritually. You're okay. Joel's Joel's <laughs> boom. It goes off whoop, in whoop. the actual. Are we bringing it back? Yeah. It Hold goes. On. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. There we go. It goes off in the actual one hit wonder bracket enough that it's fine here. Okay. I think it's okay. That's fair. Joel? Kent, I know I lost you on the last round a little bit. Are you going to bring me back or are you going to lose me more? Pander. Buddy. I got you. Oh. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's on there. I, I specifically try not to. You're a monster. This is uh, UB40, obviously. No, basically. This is Baby, I love your way by Big Mountain came out in February 1994 on the Reality Bites original motion picture soundtrack, as Zach mentioned. Uh, this was originally written by Peter Frampton. Yeah, and uh, it was released back in 1975. But Baby, I love your way by Big Mountain became a huge hit in '94 because of the Reality Bites soundtrack, which mm-hmm. was huge. Right. And the thing is. I went, well, I can't pick that one because didn't they sing Sweat? A la 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 long? I found out, uh, no, that's Inner Circle. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, la long, la long. Inner Circle. Wow. I went, oh, well, but they did the Bad Boys song, right? No, that's also Inner Circle. Oh. So I think I like Inner Circle. But I think my reggae bands got crossed, I got cross wires. Just like UB40. No, UB40, I know, because, you know, they sang Elvis song. Yeah. Um, but Baby I Love Your Way, I don't know if you noticed, Kent, that one of our recent episodes was Nepo Baby I Love Your Way. I know. This song was playing in my head. Oh. <laughs> because when I was looking at One Hit Wonders, I considered uh, Stay I Missed You by Lisa Loeb. I one. also considered Here Come the Hot Stepper oh, yeah. Word it up, by Ini Kamose. Mm-hmm. But when I heard this one, I went, they're a one hit wonder? Absolutely. I love this song. It is bright. It is fun. It is colorful. I enjoy this song. So, Neener Neener, Kent. For the second round in a row. Neener Neener? Neener Neener. Oh, that's, that's mean. Yeah, it is pretty mean. Oh. What well, do you got, Kent? I'm going to bring it down. Uh, this is a very Kent choice for One Hit Wonder. Ha! Oh, great song for the playlist, though. Yeah. I think you put this on every single playlist we've had. Uh, every time we talk music, I talk about Possum Kingdom by the Toadies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this song. Now, for those that who... It's so weird on the Christmas one. <laughs> <laughs> for those who are saying, well, they have Away and they have uh, I Come From The Water or I whatever, come right? I from the water. Um, those were all from Rubberneck, which was their... I think their, I think their second album. And so they tried to release six singles from this album. But this song, Possum Kingdom, was the one that hit the top 40, and everything else was just way further back on the all-airplay charts. I love this song. It's a bit long. The lyrics are questionable, obviously. Uh-huh. They're weird. Yeah. And, but the music video, it tries to make it seem like it's like a murder, but it's really like an ice sculpture sort of creation. Fun fact about this song, by the way, Kate, yeah. uh, the, the Toady song, uh, uh, Possum Kingdom is that I, I gave my buddy a tape to record a Joy's Favorites. I'm like, hey, you have a couple of these songs that I like. Can you just put them on my tape and then give it back to me? And mm-hmm. he did, but he included this one, which I did not ask for. And I was so bothered by that. But then the song grew on me. Oh, really? I started okay. to really enjoy it. I, still, I enjoy it now. It has such a good build, I Do feel. Do you want to die? I know. 
<laughs> and you're like, um, I don't no, know. I'm 13. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to All for One. Our next category is feels older than 30, as in 30 years old. Because these songs are the ones that are turning 30 today. But there was, a, there was one song. There were a few. Yeah. Because there was Turn the Beat Around by Gloria Stefan, which oh, was yeah. a remake of like a disco song. Uh-huh. Right. And I love that one. It's great. great song. And that's why I felt older. But then when I went, oh, wait, that one came out in 94? And so it's, uh, well, it's this one. You're saying this feels like I know you planned it. Yeah, this feels like 1986. But here's the problem: it's be- it's honestly probably because of the music video, which is like this 70s cop era right. uh, take. Like they're they're it's is, obviously parody. Is it because it's a more mature and refined Beastie Boys song than Licensed to Ill songs? No, it's because I in my mind the Beastie Boys are an 80s band. And right. they, they have all their 80s songs and they have Intergalactic in the 90s and that's it. This is my favorite Beastie Boys song. It's a great song. Easily. Did edited. Star Trek ruin this song? Uh, yeah, I bit. didn't like that they used it in that context, but this song, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, came out on May 31st, 1994 on their album Ill Communication. And it was just, they were goofing around one day and MCA started playing the bass line and then they all started jamming together. And it's, it, it's actually just this fictitious rant about their producer, how he's the worst person ever and holding mm-hmm. them back and sabotaging their career. Not, not based on any reality thing. But it's because of the music video, which has a 70s cop feel. And because of the fact that I think of Beastie Boys as an 80s yeah, band, it, it feels so older much style. than 30. And, you know, it, it doesn't quite maybe fit with like Fight for Your Right no. or, or Girls or whatever, no. or Brass Monkey, but close, like yeah. really close. Yeah. So I, and I, I enjoy it. My brothers love Beastie Boys. And I, I, I just felt like, yeah. I thought this was older than that. Oh, man. It's Spike Jones. He actually did the music video. I know these facts because that was actually my choice as well. Wait, it's, it's, it's but, your but choice? I, but I have a backup for this one. Oh. Huh. And my backup, it's a total Kent choice. We're going to go with another Kent choice. More silver chair. 21st Century Digital Boy by Bad Religion. Oh, oh Bad Religion. I needed I some genuine punk rock on this I one. I don't think I know this one. So from the album Stranger Than Fiction. You don't know this one? I know the movie Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell oh, and okay. Thompson. This is not a punk album I really discovered until probably like 99 when I, I, I really got into punk and 90s punk especially in the late 90s. And this is a near perfect punk album. That said, Bad Religion always kind of, for me, belongs in the late 80s, early 90s. And I know this is still early 90s. This song is a cheat, though, because I was like, oh, that song feels like it's from 88. Well, the song is from 1990. They actually put this on an earlier album called Against the Grain. Like, it's almost exactly the same. It's like slightly there's like a minor key difference, but that's about it. And like the end of the song is different. But then the studio was like, hey, that was a good song. Nobody listened to that album. What if you redo that song on a new album and see if yeah. it hits? And then it did. <laughs> Granted, it's bad religion, right? It's punk rock. And so it really only got to number 11 on the U.S. alternative airplay charts. But for them, that's pretty big. Also, they probably refused to like accept that anyways because it's punk rock and they didn't really want the success. The song is somehow still relevant, but also feels like 40 years old at the same time. Right. But it's amazing. It's super good. I feel like I have to convince you guys I'll even have further. To, no, I'll have to listen to it on the playlist. It's then. definitely punk rock of the time. Okay. You're going to feel it. And you're going to be like, oh, okay, it's dated. But I love it. You had a backup choice clip ready to go. I know, because I was like, sabotage. I'm like, I feel like someone else is going to use oh, it. Yeah. And Joel sabotage me. Ah, I don't think any of you put this as anything. Okay. But uh, this is, I don't even know why I know this song. And this is uh, it's a great song. This is John Mellencamp. Whoa. Just John Wild Mellencamp, night. right? No cougar. 
John, just, just John. 90, Mellencamp. This is '94. Okay, yeah. right? And, and Michelle and Michelle uh, Nigello. Michelle Nigello. I love that song. It's a good. It's a good song. But yeah. it's like again, you look at it and go. Oh, it's a good rip. So those flutes in this came out May tenth, nineteen ninety four. Okay, but it feels old because it is a cover of a Van Morrison song released oh, yeah. September first, nineteen seventy one. Yeah, but and when you listen to it, this me too. But if when you listen to it and go, hey, think about Brown Eyed Girl, and then listen to Wild Night, you're like, oh, it's a Van Morrison song. Yeah, yeah, it's that, a, that is a fantastic. fantastic that song, that song pumps me up. Yeah, it's a good song. I think it's not as uh, it, you know in the forefront, but it was a popular song. It did reach as high as third on Billboard Hot 100. Wow! And uh, it, it again, it doesn't feel like '94. How did this play on my radar? I'm glad you caught this one because yeah. yeah. you didn't see the Cougar on the list. You're looking for John Cougar Melancholy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And you're like, once, oh, he's, once you remove the Cougar, was, yeah, Cougar free. And yeah. I just feel like he's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta modernize this song. What am I gonna do? Ah. I need Michelle to to add the the, the flavor. It's actually pronounced Aurora. Um, and honestly, it's a welcome uh, welcome addition. It's, it's a bop. It's a good it song. Is. I like yeah. that one a lot. A Thank you for putting that on our Spotify playlist, Zach. We are so happy. So you said nanner nanner to me and thank you to Zach. Because we're best friends. <laughs> Even in 1984, you are three. <laughs> I babysat him. <laughs> That's cute. It's true. I messed myself. <laughs> right now or like back then i'll let you decide <laughs> now we have it's grown on me so, we so there's like over time we didn't like it back then yeah because like i said i rejected a lot of popular music even sure. then when i was 13 i'm like sure. uh, i'm a hipster before i even know what that means yeah but the song's been played before it's you see i hated this song I hated the music I honestly video. Cannot get a, oh, I cannot not get a wistful look in my eyes whenever that song plays. Yeah. This was torn before there was torn. Um, oh, I actually thought it was Natalie Emba. No, this is slightly less attractive torn. I, I mean, I do like the secretary look. Um, wow. <laughs> I always thought librarian, but yeah. to bake to yeah. podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> but I really like this song now. I it's wanted this song to be my representative song of 1994, but I'm like, what song do I did I hate then that I like now? And I'm like, well, it's definitely not I Swear. I'm like, hmm. And it's definitely Stay. I, I will listen to the full song and enjoy it and sing along and sing loud. It's so good. It's so good. And we've already talked about the details. Like, uh, actually, I don't know if we talked about this. Ethan Hawke lived across the street from Lisa Loeb, and she gave him this song. And he started in Reality Bites, and so right. he showed it to Ben Stiller, who was directing. And, He's like, can we wow. put this song in? And that's that's it. She wow. discovered. Isn't that super cool? That's awesome. Ethan Huck's great. Yeah, I want him for to be one my best song. friend. One maybe two. <laughs> Ethan Huck's good for one song. One maybe two songs. <laughs> anyway, Zach, what do you have for the song "Grew" on you from when you were a baby? Yeah, so obviously I grew on all of yeah, these songs right. right over time. Now this is a song that I, I like a lot. Um, it's been featured on Baking Sale before, um, but I I feel like I didn't like it back in the day. I heard it a lot on alternative radio, uh, but over time I've just come to really like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three different yes there. I was just agreeing. Yeah, no, this I, this is uh, Shine by Collective Soul, and I, I think it, it's such an awesome song. But for whatever reason, I think because it's a longer song. Well, and it starts so sleepy, and it yeah. start. Well, I, I I think I some days I like the the sleepier part, and some yeah. days I like when it kind of goes a little crazy at the end. Mm-hmm. But over time, I've just grown to appreciate. Um, you know the, the guitar playing and the riffs and the, and the soloing—it's pretty cool. Now I thought that this was not going to make it 
I thought it wasn't going to make it sure. on our list because thank you by the way for putting this on our playlist because yeah, it, it needs, needs to be it's a here. great song it needed to be here. This was released uh, March 9th, nineteen ninety three. Woo! But the album hints allegations and things left unsaid, which was uh, poorly punctuated by the way, yeah. uh, was re released by Atlantic Records on March twenty second, nineteen ninety four, and that is the version that we all listened okay, to. Okay, yeah. there we go. So it was released independently in ninety three. Was but that kind of when your maybe cheats? Right, that was there? my maybe cheat. Right, uh-huh. it was. It came out in ninety three, but really the version we all listened to came out in nineteen ninety four. Overall, the album itself uh, that it came on was you know it got some some mediocre reception mm-hmm. at times, mm-hmm. but. Uh, this one stood out because it was not so <laughs> grungy. Yeah. And, and it was a little too light for like the Stone Temple Pilot age and mm-hmm. Soundgarden time. Right. It, it gets there near the end. Yeah, it does. The song reached the top of the Billboard album rock charts for eight weeks, but it was on the um, Billboard Hot 100 at number 11 for one week. That was his highest performance. Um, and then more importantly, and this this fun fact, VH1 Ranked Shine at number 42 on their list of 100 greatest songs of the 90s. So, okay. you know, 40, I mean, that is the answer to life, the universe and everything. VH1, 42, right? I, that's, that was my Joel fact. That Does VH1 still exist? I don't think. Yes, they do, but not. It's like MTV. They don't actually do music. Stuff. Rude. I don't know. But hey, 42, Joel. Yeah. All right. What do you have, Joel? That was kind of... I got Zach on that one. Sometimes crazy. And you wonder why. <clears throat> now, this song... I is, love singing like I got froggies in my food. <laughs> uh, this is Only Want to Be With You by Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, the album, Cracked Rear Window, came out on July 5th, 1994. This single did not come out until 1995. But uh, this song uh, peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the Billboard Top 40 mainstream chart. It also charted on the Adult Contemporary chart and the Album Rock chart. This, this is one of those songs that was everywhere. Why were they so easy to hate back then? I don't know. Is it because they were played so they, often? They were. And the, it felt like they were like phony, kind of like Imagine Dragons? If I will say. Mm-hmm. I think they were the Nickelback of their time. So they pr- were precursor of Nickelback, Creed, meaning, Imagine Dragons. Meaning like they were manufacturing hits in a way that were appealing to all a broad genre of people. Totally. So they were played on every single radio station. But now we kind of find it fun, don't we? It is. Like it's one of those weird things where I heard it so much back then that I was like, oh, I'm so annoyed by Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. And then as it's gone away, as it's kind of left the, the main view I'm looking at, it comes in and I'm like, oh, nostalgia. What's that? Well, he hit country music fame, by the way. Mm-hmm. Darius Rucker. Uh, they're coming into town this summer. What? Yeah. Wow, you really are dating this episode, aren't you? I know. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But uh, no, I, I think Hootie and the Blowfish, and this could apply to a number a number of their songs. Right. But Only Want to Be With You has grown on me over the years. Great pick. So, Oh, by the way, American rapper Post Malone re- released a cover of this song for the 25th anniversary of the Pokemon franchise. <laughs> it's, hey, hey. Why, what? Is hey, it good? It's what? really good. But why, It's good? What like does that it. have to do with Pokemon? I like it so much. What, what does this song have to do with Pokemon? Can we put it on the playlist? Are, oh wait, are, wait, is Hootie and Blowfish two different Pokemon? Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Next up, we have I Hate It Still. Like You hated it then, you hate it now. I don't know about you guys. I, this is my choice that I, I... It better not be My Name is Jonas or we're going to have some words. He can't pick it. I, I already picked Blue Album. I know. It doesn't count. No, I, this is my bad submission to the playlist. I, I don't this, typically like these. the playlist. I hate that we have these. It is a little bit, but... I have strong feelings about this, and it actually does reflect me at the time of 1994. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
I didn't like this song when I was a kid. I like it. I didn't like it when I was a teen. I, like it. I don't like it now. It's not good. It's not good. I like it. It's good. I like Lusty Lion Eyes, but I don't like this Lusty song. Lusty Long Neck Lion. Oh, sorry. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, don't say whatever. No, no, whatever. You're going to win the Grammy for Long Neck Lusty Lion <laughs> Eyes by a duo. <laughs> I, I was, I was, I was, uh, let's see, it came out May 2nd, 1994. So this was the boring part of the movie for you. I was almost four. Yeah. No, I obviously didn't see it till a couple years later, or at least know what was going on. I don't like this song. And th- this is, this is a problem with this song, uh, which by the way, it was in some, some lion movie. Um, <laughs> I thought I didn't like Elton John. I hated this song so much. Mm-hmm. I literally, every time Elton John came up, I was like, Ugh. He's the worst. He's so terrible. And then, like, I figured out, oh, Elton John circa 1972 is really good. You didn't discover that till you were seven, though. So no, I didn't discover that till I was 27. Yeah, there we like, go. Like literally, I spent 25 years like like ignoring Elton John because I hated this song wow. so much. However, it did peak at number one on the U.S. Billboard Adult Contemporary chart, Joel, for eight weeks. He's a contemporary adult. And he likes adult like contemporary, it, yeah. and therefore Joel, of course, likes this song. It is, it is adult <laughs> it contemporary. It feels like a backhanded compliment. No, I just or trust a nice slam. Every time it's like, oh, it, it peaked in adult contemporary. I'm like, I know Joel Hilton probably likes it. <laughs> it's consistency <laughs> that I appreciate. I know my best friend. <laughs> I wish I knew a best friend, Joel. I apologize to everyone because this is a song I would never put on a playlist for Bacon Cell ever. I had to find an edited version of this song for Bacon Sale for our playlist because I'm like, I don't want branded people pulling this up and hearing all the stuff that's in the song because I hated it then. I hate it now. It's not my style of music. It's not probably many people's style of music who maybe listen to Bacon Sale, but it was really popular in 94. I'm going to love it. Gin and juice laid back. Don't sing I knew it was going to be. Mind my don't sing I hate this song. I hated it then. I hate it now. Now, my honorable mention, Kent, was Regulate by Warren G and Nate Dogg. Rude. Because I hated that song, too. But this is Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg, who I've never been a big fan of musically. Mm-mm. Seems like a pretty chill guy otherwise. Yeah. Like, I don't mind him as a person. Is he a vampire? Probably. He looks the same. Yeah, he doesn't age. Yeah. Uh, but this song was produced by Dr. Dre, and uh, it uses a bunch of samples from a bunch of other songs. But it peaked at number eight on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States, sold over 700,000 copies, nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Rap Solo Performance. Full disclosure, it, the whole lyrics is about this party with drugs and alcohol and, and womanizing and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's so not what I listen to anyway. But then just I found this, the... The harmony, quote unquote, they're attempting. Right. Just it's dissonance. It is awful. Mm-hmm. And then and the sounds in the background, that that high pitched noise they always seem to use. I can't stand that. Yeah. And then on top of all that, so I already didn't like it. But then all these kids in school would sing it in the hallways and in classrooms and think it was so funny. Oh, laid back with my mind on my money on my money on my mind. And when you're like, in Davis up. County, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else. Yes. But I really got annoyed by it. And so I, I can't stand it. I did find a clean version for Spotify, but I still recommend skipping over Gin and Juice. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. I will. So I'm going last on this one. It's been mentioned before, and I'm sorry again. Wow. I'll make lunch with you. <laughs> you, are, you actually picked it. Yeah, I hate it. You, but you actually picked it. Yeah, it's I actually on picked playlist. it. Um, is it? Do we have to put it on there? It's, it's, it means different things to different people. Okay. 
Yeah, no. You don't like this song? Why? Uh, at all. Is it too indulgent? We'll it's, see. We'll see if it makes the playlist. And, and like they, Boyz II Men has wonderful harmonies, but they pull the Luther Vandross thing where they're like, I'm going to outsing you at yes, this part. 100%. I guess I don't like how the song comes together. I think the song sounds like it was made on the synthesizer and it's dull. It's, you know, and it's so in your face. I would so get after you for putting this on the playlist officially, Kent. But I just put gin and juice on there. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that's yeah, true. like my song was actually like a, a banger at the time. This was, yeah, you talked about On Bended Knee, right? I love that This one. one was 14 weeks as number one, the third best performing song of the 90s, and did win the Grammy for the best R&B performance by a duo or group with vocals. <laughs> so there you go. I'll make lunch with you, to you. Uh, by with, you with you many prepositions for you <laughs> and i'll get you a sprite i'll make lunch with you so good all right what's our next category zach it's our guilty pleasures joel what's your what is there anything you're guilty about no really? honestly yeah. I, I have yeah, no like shame all. i have no shame in picking this song but i know full well that if i pl- was cranking this up and someone would walk, like drove up next to me and i had this crank like playing out my windows that people would be looking at me like what's wrong with that guy Yep. This is the one. You yep. chose the one. Yep. And the reason I didn't choose this is because I knew you choose the one. Because truth be told, I know more Enigma songs than I probably should. <laughs> because, I was going to pick this for my one-hit wonder. Because this has returned it. <laughs> Enigma has more than one hit out there. Yeah, no, they don't. Oh. Sadness part one. Okay, oh, are you guys still best friends? Sure. Uh, but Return to Innocence by, uh, by Enigma uh, came out in... Uh, the, the single came out in the 4th of January, 1994, even though the album Cross of Changes came out in December of 1993. Okay. A little loophole there. Last time you listened to the full song? Oh, all the time. No. I, Come on. I listen to Enigma a lot. <laughs> it's 20... Joel, Joel, Joel. Joel. It's 2024 This now. was number one in over 10 countries. You should be guilty. Number four yeah. on the Billboard Hot Yeah, but 100. like the European ones that are like, they choose the weird songs. You should feel shame. I love this song. But uh, by the way, that that uh, vocal vocalization at the beginning and throughout the song is actually an... Uh, I don't know how to say it. Amos? Amos? It's not Amish, Kent. Don't even try. I'm not. Uh, but this is actually, it's, it's an indigenous group native to Taiwan. And uh, this, these, I think it was a farmer. I'm trying to, I don't know exactly who they are, but it's these two people, Defang and Ige Duana. They were Amish and they were in a culture exchange program in Paris. And they did this kind of uh, song. It was called Weeding a Paddy Field, Weeding a Paddy Field Song. And they did it and they recorded it and they had it in the CD in this French library essentially his music library the producer of enigma came by got the cd and then sampled it without their permission mm. and so enigma actually got in some trouble in 1998 the the couple sued them and then they got some money out of it so good for them and by the way it also samples a led zeppelin song when the levy breaks the drums from that oh but it also just looks up the thesaurus on the internet which it predates the internet <clears throat> but they just look up uh, yeah. words for love love devotion I love this song so much. Freedom. I mean, they're just You're looking mocking, at it. But words. all I'm hearing is the song in my head, and I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, that is a great guilty pleasure pick. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to pull up next to you at this intersection. All right. And I'm in a Jeep, and okay. the top is down and everything, and all I'm right. playing. Are you wearing cut-up jeans and a halter top? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a tube top. Ah. And I got spiky hair. It's a little frosted, too. Waterfalls by TLC. Thank I only you. know the word Al version. Thank you. I'm kidding. Now, wait, you, Zach, you're saying thank you because it needs to be somewhere represented? It does. Now, it did you think does. this song was like 97? 
Yeah. I kept feeling like TLC to me is like the No Scrubs era, which was like 99. Yeah. Yeah, it was later. And, and Waterfalls felt like it was a music video popular in the late 90s. But no, this did release in 1994, but didn't become a major single until 1995 and spent seven weeks at number one. Wow. So if we ever did a 1995 show, we'd be like, darn it, dang Songs it. that came out in 94. Because this was such a major song. And the music video, it's a little bit darker. You know, I mean, they have like the CG water TLC sprites, yeah. Yeah. but then it gets into like the drug trade, HIV, promiscuity. Yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty heavy song when you start looking at the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, this one was written by uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, who mm-hmm. I love very much. And she has the line, not my lonely cries. I love this song. And I think I always have. And I have a fondness up, for TLC. But if someone pulled up next to you and you were blasting this out, you might turn oh, it down. Oh, I would a bit. turn it down, absolutely. Yeah. Unless I heard Return to Innocence. I gotta turn it up. <laughs> Don't go to the waterfalls. <laughs> Zach, you're pulling up next to us at the light. What are you playing loudly? And what are you driving? Um, I'm driving a. a at his as his age, he's in a stroller. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm in the I'm in the <laughs> so little tykes. Pushing, yeah? No, I'm yeah. in the little tykes. You know, oh, yeah, red yeah, yeah, and yellow. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, you had one of those. Oh, yeah, and I'm cranking pow, pow, power wheels, and I'm cranking this. Guilty, guilty pleasure. Yeah, or just pleasure. No, I don't think I don't want to like. Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. None of us. All do. I want to do. Yeah. I don't want to like. I don't like most of her songs. There's maybe one or two here. I'm like, sure. that's fine. You know, it's it can play on FM 100 or whatever. But uh, that song's a bop. It is it's now. Good. I was gonna say this is a technicality because the single came out in '94. The original song came out in '93 on her album Tuesday Night Music Club. Because I almost picked that. Yes, still counts though. Still this, counts. Oh, totally. Counts. I did the technicality because the single did release July 12th, 1994. Yes, um, but the, because this is one of those. I don't want to say smarmy because it's not smarmy, but like quirky girl songs. Yeah, where like if you liked it, people would be like, "Why do you like it?" If but I'm it's such a good hook. If I'm driving to Carl's Jr. for lunch. Yeah. And you guys jump in, and that's the last song that was playing. I'm turning that thing down in a hurry. No, okay. with, with us? No way. With I us. would totally appreciate it. But then you, they'd be like, oh, no, turn it back up. Till the like, sun comes would... up on Santa Monica Boulevard. Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, it's great. I don't, I don't know. But don't be embarrassed. I'm a little embarrassed by it. Joel's However, playing Return to Innocence. I have no uh, shame of any of the songs we've just uh, listened to. <laughs> uh, it'll be fine. No matter who's next to me, I'm cranking all these up. All I want to do peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 for six consecutive weeks. Uh, it also topped the it topped the Billboard Adult Contemporary charts. Oh, oh yeah, I see. Okay. I'm a contemporary yeah, adult. It, Have <laughs> you been since you were 13 or 14? Pretty much. <laughs> it was the winner of the 1995 Grammy uh, for the Record of the Year and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. It was also nominated for Song of the Year. Yes, she peaked so early, and that was she it. She did a Bond song, "Tomorrow Never Dies." Oh yeah, Tomorrow you're right. Never dies. I was like, it was her garbage. They did one too. Garbage did one too. Yeah. Okay. Not enough. That's I the like one. that one. Yeah. I wanted to pick it. So for our uh, James Bond music. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, we have it. James Bond was in uh, lit- litigation during 1994, so there wasn't any. Well, fun fact. Yep. Okay. Now we have favorite overall. Take us home, gentlemen. Zach, you're gonna hate us because I'm gonna go first good. on this one. It's gonna be weird. The best song of 1994. Mm-hmm. This song has the most soul. It's gonna be weather. <laughs> Zach. It's gonna be weather. Hey, uh, hey, man. Hey, hey, you going, Joel, you going to the party later? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, we'd bring Zach, but he's only three. Life's red. I don't want to babysit him. But the best song is. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Oh, yeah. I'm shocked. 
There's, there's no nothing to be shocked about. Shocked. This is. I would have gone with only in dreams. What are you doing? Uh, uh, but yeah, you're right. Only in dreams, dreams is amazing. But say it ain't so is a belting song. You're driving. Yeah. And this bottle of Stevens awakens ancient feelings, like father, stepfather. stepfather. So good. And I'm like, yeah. What's sung about? Somebody's heinies crowding my icebox. What? They're bombing? Heineken. Yeah. I was like, yeah. somebody's heiny. And why am I singing that about somebody's heiny? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize what alcohol was for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the third and final single from the Blue Album. Yeah. I, I think they have 10 singles from this album, to be quite honest. Joel, I think you would agree. Yeah. Uh, this single didn't actually hit until May of 1995. And yeah, I mean, Rivers Cuomo, he basically saw his stepdad um, with alcohol and he's like, oh no, that's probably what broke up my, my mom's first marriage. Sure. And so Rivers Cuomo made a really overly emotional song about it. Rolling Stone has given this number 72 on their 100 greatest guitar songs of all time. I don't know if I agree if that is one of the best guitar songs of all time, but I love it still. It's got some good guitar work. And Pitchfork has given it number 10 on their list of 200 tracks of the 1990s. And this hit number 51 on the U.S. radio songs and number 7 on, on the alt airplay charts. So it was never a Hot 100 song. Mm. But man, is this the greatest song of 1994. Mm. Zach? Mm. Zach? Why are you saying it like that, Kent? Because he's mad at me. Well, Bob, Joel should probably go to pick his Weezer song. Joel, you want to pick your Weezer song? And then I'll go last. Of course. What? 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 Stop it. Stop playing this right now. What? what? It's not in season. What's wrong? What? Stop, stop it right now. You're awakening her. Hold on. Did this come out in 1994? It did. No. Oh, my gosh. You're awakening her. Greatest song in 1994. Put her away. Except that's not my choice. Oh. Oh, uh, Joel uh, Does no. it get to go to the playlist? 31. No, I, no. I kept trying to figure out where to put that because I was shocked when I realized that's 30 years old. Holy cow, Mariah Carey is the MVP she is. of 1984. She is. And the truth is, I was also considering uh, Come Down by Bush or Machine Head by Bush. You already chose but Bush. I, but I already like, chose Bush, so I decided to go with someone else. And of course, I went with this. Oh, Buddy Holly. Good. Oh, yeah. You're okay with Buddy Holly? No, this is the one I like. Yeah. Okay. So this is, of course, Buddy Holly by Weezer from the Blue Album. And we did a whole episode. If you want to listen to Bacon Cell episode 194, the Blue episode, uh, we, did, we listened to this and talked about this song extensively. But I do think, and, and uh, Rivers Cuomo didn't really, he thought the song was too cheesy, didn't want to put it on the album. And Rick right. sick yeah. said, no, put it on there. And Rick to me, of the cars. Yes, exactly. And I, I love this song so much. It is so peppy, so happy. I could have overthought it. I did overthink it. There's so many other things I could have picked. I wanted to bother you guys, and instead I ended up putting a third Weezer song on there. Sir Fox America, Sir Fox America. <laughs> Zach, what do you have? All right. My official choice was already picked. Do you have the time to listen Basket case. <laughs> I like Ken's reaction. Good choice, Zach. <laughs> uh, okay. This is... Again, we talk about the personal you experience. Might mix it up and choose another Green Day song if that's okay. If you the, want that one, the personal connection. Uh, I, I don't know. Again, you talk about having the, uh, you know, the, it's a little bit you know, being a little bit bad. The, the right? top of the ranks that you had. So my my uh, my folks had a 100 disc changer awesome. on their big stereo system. Woo! They had 100 was, discs. Yeah, incredible. They oh, must have been. That's like 300 they songs. Do they have BMG or Columbia House? Because that's where you get <laughs> like all those two, CDs. That's like 200 songs. And you'd like load them all in, and then it would like pick a random thing. So you could shuffle through 100 different CDs. It cool. was pretty cool. It took forever to do. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure uh, CD one was Dookie. And so I just what? started there and started listening to And your to parents' it. Uh, stereo system? For sure. They're cool. For sure. Um, but because Basket Case was already picked, um, I will go with my second 
appropriate Thank you. Uh, choice. Because my second choice would not make the playlist, but this one will. This is a good one. This, good choice. Uh, this is When I Come Around. I got my Green Day from Dookie. And that, I think the album it does encapsulate a certain, uh, and you guys already talked about it. Like I don't have really anything to add, but it did encapsulate a certain moment for, I think, a lot of just you know younger boys at the time right. yeah. like teenage boys like i i didn't really find this until much after 1994 shocker i wasn't a young child listening to it but you know i did kind of you hear the songs as you go um you know we listen to alternative radio in the car like i you, you hear these songs a lot and yeah. uh it's it's definitely influential for me and when i looked back on the songs of 1994 to me it's just it's my favorite it may not be the best but it's my favorite okay and that's just fine. That's what this is about. Is, exactly. Is our favorites. And we want to hear your favorites. Uh, we've gone through our kind of memories of 1984. We know you were varying ages around that time. And you had varying tastes in music, too. So let us know on Facebook. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Instagram your answers to these same categories. As we all look back at what turns 30 this year in music. Before we go, we want to thank some patrons in a couple of categories, including the I Am The Listener tier, which includes... Angela Plotz, Casey Cummings, Juice the Cooler King Swallow, Andrew is literally Ryan Gosling, Sir and Madam Hicks, Jennifer Kilkowski, Taylor Sanderson, Shannon West, Rocky and Steph, Alicia Bass, Adam and Rachel Crump, Ryan and Marley, Lady Terry A. Finley, and Scott Sprague also likes gambling in casinos. <laughs> and then we, we have our baking council, which includes Debbie Foster, Glow Clan Daniel, our favorite couple the Mad Since, the other Brit Johnny English, Star Wars expert Kyler, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Stephen Everyone's Favorite Ross, the one the only Chris Anderson, Nicole Deke Hale, and Beaker. Thank you, patrons. You are the return to our innocence. <laughs> I thought that was a Madonna song was in the, the right 80s. Key. Well, Madonna had some bad ones and some good ones in, in 94. We talk about that. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with Quick Wits. They perform at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quick Wits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can read my movie reviews at showtimeshowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following bacon sale please like that facebook page and then go to at bacon sale on twitter and instagram after you've done that go to tpublic.com slash bacon sale and get yourself some merch and then if you like what's going on here and you want to support us further visit patreon.com slash bacon sale support starts just three dollars a month you can get access to all sorts of behind the scenes fun and of course the weekly ish bacon bits in which we talk way too long about way too much patreon.com slash bacon sale so until next time guys i think you might have won me over on the weezer thing I think, really? I think I might actually. Nope, nope. Stand by it. Rude. Jerk. Zach, you're playing with fire. Your back is broken. His gears are broken. Time filters out the garbage. Nope. I cheated twice. Oh. You're the most honorable mention. Suki on dominance is, is terrible. It's a bunch of random vocal noodling. They love each other in this song so much that they're yelling at each other in 1990s <laughs> R&B. Freaking 1993. Ruins everything. Right. I'm not Gavin Rosdale. And I know. You're like a rolling dictionary. I'm always going to be there, baby. Just won't come back to me, will you? Please come back to me. <laughs> That's why they don't let Nate Dog walk out in public anymore. <laughs> they took the vibe from Young Guns and they twisted it into something stupid. Here. I get crampy listening to that song. This isn't fine. This is fine. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. So, neener, neener, Ken. Don't Joel, sabotage me. me. Ah. I need Michelle to, to add the, <laughs> the, the flavor. It's actually pronounced Auroridon. <laughs> <laughs>
So you said nanner nanner to me and thank you to Zach? Because we're best friends. <laughs> Even in 1984, you are three. <laughs> I babysat him. I actually thought it was Natalie Emba. No, this is slightly less attractive to her. <laughs> three different yes there. I was just agreeing. I like Lusty Lion Eyes, but I don't like this Lusty long, long, long Neck, neck lion. lion. Oh, sorry, whatever. Nima has more than one kid out here. No, they don't. Oh, sadness, part one. I messed myself.